Welcome to Dairy Stream, brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, sister organizations that fight for sensible dairy policy in Wisconsin and Washington, D.C. Dairy Stream focuses on issues affecting the dairy community and our customers. Hi, I'm your host, Mike Austin. Well, welcome once again to Dairy Stream. Today, we continue to focus in on some of the winners of the annual U.S. Dairy Sustainability Award. Today, we're recognizing Twin Birch Dairy out of Guinea Atlas, New York. They are one of the recipients for Outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainability. The Innovation Center of the U.S. Dairy is proud to present the 2020 Dairy Sustainability Award Program. And we certainly want to say a special thanks to De Laval, Fibro, USDA, Zoetis, and Syngenta for sponsoring this year's award. Well, again, we are talking about another very successful sustainable practice operation. And today we travel to Twin Birch Dairy in Minneapolis, New York. Uh, they're quite an operation. They milk 1,500 cows, have 1,400 young stock, and farm about 3,400 acres. The farm does several items on and off the farm to be sustainable. And today we're going to talk with Dirk Young. He owns Twin Birch with two partners and Peter Rogers, a board member of Owasso Watershed Association. And Dirk, I'm going to start with you. And, you know, looking at the farm's resume, it certainly is full of sustainability practices like having an anaerobic digester, precision feeding technology, and much more. But today, we really want to focus on your partnership with Owasco Watershed Lake Association. It really has become a model for others to follow. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about the relationship and the value it's brought to your farm. The relationship with Alaska Lake Watershed over the years has not always been as good as it's been recently. You know, at first we were seeing it was quite an adversarial type relationship. And I think because they felt that we were more than contributing our fair share of problems to the lake, Target was kind of on our back, or at least I felt that way. However, that's changed in recent years. I've asked questions and one thing and another, and they've done some sampling. They have a long history of doing sampling of water that's leaving our farm. And about a year ago, uh, what's now president, Dana, wanted to come and check the water leaving our farm over a long period. I said, well, that's fine if you do that. However, I, I really think it would tell us more if we tested the water coming into the farm also at the same time so we could tell what our contribution to that water was, not just saying the water leaving the farm is X. I want to know if it's what it is coming onto the farm. And in spring of 2009, they did that. And we were very pleased with the results. And I believe Owl was quite pleased with the results. Didn't show that our farm contributed very much to the water degradation. By doing that, it's given us a lot of, I didn't think that we were that bad, but now we know that we're not that bad. I also realize that we do have rain events and stuff that are not good, but it also, I think it gave a lot of credibility to what we do. It certainly seems that way, and uh, thank you, Dirk, for kind of that side of the story. But let's turn now. Our other guest is Peter Rogers again. He's the board member of Alaska Watershed Lake Association. And from your perspective, Peter, why did you choose to partner with Twin Birch Dairy? Well, thank you very much uh, for inviting me to participate. And let me give you a little background, if I may. The Owasco Watershed Lake Association, our mission is to protect water quality of Owasco Lake and its watershed. Owasco Lake is one of the smaller Finger Lakes in central New York. 
Alaska Lake is about 11 miles long and a mile wide. But we have a watershed area of almost 206 square miles, which is very large. We've done water sampling, as, as Dirk said, in Alaska Lake for years, about 15 years to be exact. Uh, we've come up with some problems in the realm of harmful algal blooms. They're present and they're toxic above safe levels. There were also measurements of high nutrients in certain areas of the lake. The primary nutrients feeding harmful algal blooms are phosphorus and nitrogen. And two of the major tributaries feeding the Wasco Lake is the Wasco Inlet, which accounts for about 50% of the water coming into the lake, and Dutch Hollow Brook, which runs by Dirk's Farm, which is another 25%. So what we decided to do is start sampling the tributaries and work upstream to see if we could determine the source of the high nutrients. Twin Burr is one of the largest areas in the Alaska watershed, and as I mentioned, borders on Dutch Hollow Brook. We contacted Dirk, asked if we could sample and test stream water entering his property, on his property, and eventually leaving his property. The results could tell us if his operations added excess nutrients to Dutch Hollow Brook, the watershed, and also which would eventually drain into Alaska Lake. Dirk was very receptive to the sampling proposal and stated that if he had a problem, he wanted to know about it. So together, our organization, Twin Birch, and the Watershed Inspection Department identified about 12 locations sample on the Twin Birch Dairy Farm. As Dirk mentioned, the public feeling is that farms, because of their concentrated feeding operations, probably supply a lot of the nutrients that are running off into the lake. And our task was to prove this or disprove this. So, Peter, can you go a little bit further now and kind of explain the water monitor system? Yes, certainly. What we did is, we, as we mentioned, we identified 11 different locations on Dirk's farm. Some were small streams entering the farm, and some were right at the mouth of where his runoff runs into Dutch Hollow Brook. We followed a detailed set of procedures that were established by Dana Hall of our organization and reviewed by the New York State DEC. This is like a 32-page document that details the method to collect, transport, and analyze the water samples. The procedure includes such things as the exact sample locations, air temperature, water temperature, water flow rates, as well as sample size and collection procedures. Over the course of that spring, we trained 12 people to follow and execute these procedures. So four samples were taken from each of the 11 locations over the course of an eight-week period. The samples were packed in ice, delivered to Upstate Freshwater Institute in Syracuse to be analyzed. Upstate Freshwater Institute is one of the few labs in New York State certified to analyze these types of samples. Again, that's our guest, Peter Rogers. He's a board member of Alaska Watershed Lake Association. Also on hand is Dirk Young, the owner of Twin Birch Dairy, which is being honored as the Outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainability winner in the 2020 U.S. Dairy Sustainability Awards. And they're getting back to you. I mean, when you look at what you've been doing on your farm, you've got nutrient management, no-till, cover crops, strip cropping, and I'm sure there's several more. But I want to talk about the water monitoring project uh, off the field. What about that? And did that lead to all these other practices you're doing? No, we've been doing all these practices, some of them for, you know, really long time, and some of them continue to evolve. Like cover crop, that's one thing that I started cover cropping maybe 15 years ago in high flow areas, and that's gone to covering the whole fields. Right now, we just finished our silage Saturday, and uh, 
of all 1,400 acres of that have weed on it this time. So they're just kind of waiting for a rain to get it sprouted. But, you know, that's been very good. One of the most impactful things, I think, to our nutrient management has been the increase in feed technology and feeding the cows, reducing the amount of feed and getting more milk out of less with the, with the animals. You know, in my lifetime, we've gone double the production with roughly the same amount of feed going in the cow. That's been a huge step forward in 40 years of dairying. Well, it certainly does sound like a positive. And again, a tip of the hat for all the commitment you've done for sustainability. Peter, I just want to go back to you for a couple of moments. Uh, we did talk a little bit about the water monitor system. Do you have uh, any results you'd like to share with the people listening to our podcast? Certainly. As I mentioned, we sampled 11 different locations, four samples each, which was 44 samples. These were studied and analyzed by Upstate Freshwater Institute. The results of these were reviewed by Aula Fresh. Upstate Freshwater Institute, DIRT, and New York State DEC, and the Owasco Watershed Inspection Department. The results indicated there were no significant changes in the amount of nutrients entering Twin Birch on the dairy farm operation or leaving the property. So in some cases, much to our surprise actually, and to our enjoyment, in some cases, the water quality was actually better leaving the farm than entering the farm. This would indicate that the best management practices used by Twin Birch filtered excess nutrients out of the water that we've been sampling. Well, that's an outstanding result. And one of the reasons that that Twin Birch Dairy did receive the 2020 Outstanding Dairy Farm Sustainable Award from the U.S. Dairy Innovation Center. And again, before we take our break, I want to remind you, you're listening to Dairy Stream. And Dirk, I want to close with you before we do take that break. And the fact that Twin Birch Dairy also participated in another project called the EPA National Air Emissions Monitoring Study. And it really has served as a prototype dairy farm in the USDA-funded Sustainable Dairy Project. Uh, Can you tell us about both these studies and a little bit about the information they provided your farm? The air quality study was a blind study, so we really didn't know when they were doing it what we were doing, you know, what they were finding. We've since seen the data. It shows that we are admitting some. We volunteered because we had at that time a tunnel ventilated barn, and so they could measure just sort of like the exhaust pipe of a car. You know, they could they could measure at the fans and know what was coming in the barn and what was coming out of the barn. And so that was a year and a half long study, I think, or two year study. I'm not even sure now at this point. The sustainability project, I believe you're talking about the net modeling that we did. And we had some of the, it was a very interesting experience. We had some scientists from all over the world that were in our office on several different occasions during that happening where we talked about how they were coming on models and developing the models because every farm can't have an exhaust pipe over their farm to measure what's going. So they needed to have a way to be able to know what practice caused what type of emission so we to drive us closer. And one of the things that was enlightening to me at that time, and that was, I'm not even sure now, probably 10 years ago or better, that we ran our farm through one of the early models. And of course, they continue to evolve as they're streamlining them. And I found out we weren't that much positive in carbon production at that time. So it gives me hope that, you know, you hear some of this net zero goals. And I believe that some farms like myself are not that far from a net zero carbon production. Well, that certainly is a great story, and we're glad that both you and Peter have been sharing your story today here on Dairy Stream. We'll have more of our conversation coming up after this break. 
And we'll be right back with our Dairy Stream podcast after we hear from our sponsor. Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy is a forum that brings together the dairy community to advance a shared socially responsible platform through a framework of shared best practices and accountability. Initiated in 2008 by farmers through the Dairy Checkoff, the U.S. Dairy community collaborates on efforts that are important to the industry and dairy's valued customer, such as animal care, food safety, nutrition and health, the environment, and community contributions. This work is reflected in the U.S. Dairy Stewardship Commitment, the industry pledge to demonstrate its collective commitment to provide the world responsibly produced dairy foods that nourish people, strengthen communities, and foster a sustainable future. The Innovation Center is committed to continuous improvement from farm to table, striving to ensure a socially responsible and economically viable dairy community. Visit usdairy.com for more information about the work of the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy. Well, welcome back to Dairy Stream. I'm your host, Mike Austin, and Dairy Stream is brought to you by the Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Today, we're speaking with Dirk Young, who's the owner of Twin Birch Dairy. They are being recognized as being an outstanding dairy farm sustainability winner. That, again, presented by the Innovation Center for U.S. Dairy. And also with us is Peter Rogers. He's a board member of Owasco Watershed Lake Association. And as we continue our conversation here on Dairy Stream, Dirk, I want to just talk to you about your location because actually, you know, a lot of your neighbors are million dollar lake fund homes. So besides your conservation efforts, what has your business strategy been to build and maintain good relationships with your neighbors? You know, it's been a real important part of ours, actually in our farm mission statement, to be perceived as a good neighbor. And so we do quite a lot. You know, like we've located our manure storage pond in the middle of a block that's out of sight, out of mind. A lot of our manure is applied through an underground pipeline system so we can apply manure and our neighbors with anaerobic digester, we can apply manure and our neighbors don't know that we're applying it. It keeps the manure spreaders off the road, keeps the manure and waste and mud off the roads and so it doesn't get washed off into the road ditches and into the lake. And I really believe that to continue to farm, you need to develop political capital to be able to have the neighbors accept you as good neighbors and to live side by side with them. That's a very good insight and philosophy to farm by and certainly shows in some of those areas you're thinking outside the box or really are kind of leading others in an avenue that I hope other producers do travel to continue those good relationships with their neighbors. Uh, Dirk, staying with you, though, uh, I see, you know, farmers just like yourself, especially with your size operation, very busy, keeping active, but your farmers also created partnerships with other groups. So what advice might you have to other farms to get involved with when it comes to organizations and how do you prioritize the time to do it. I perceive some of these groups as not necessarily enemies, but it's it's really nice when you can turn what you think is an enemy, an adversary, into a partner. And that's well worth the time and the effort that it takes. Especially if, you know, I believe most of the time we're, we're farming on the right side of the science. Well, one of those partners that Dirk mentioned is the Owasco Watershed Lake Association, and they're represented today by one of their board members, that's uh, Peter Rogers. And Peter, what communication methods have worked best to engage with farmers like Dirk? 
The dairy industry is a very important element of our local economy. I and other members of our board have had the opportunity to visit a number of farms. I personally have been to probably six or seven of the large farms, both in the watershed and in neighboring watersheds, and trying to understand their business, their problems, and their assets. The best communication methods to me anyways, are definitely face-to-face with honest conversations about our common interest. Because if we start to discuss these items with the farms, we find that we have a lot of issues in common. Well, obviously, I think you both made it quite clear that, you know, communications, cooperation, and really understanding where both sides are coming from really can make a difference in successfully moving us forward in positive sustainability. So I have a final question really for both of you talking about your goals. And since I have you on the line, Peter, I'm going to start first of all with you about your organization. How do you perceive them? Where do you think they're going to be in the next five to 10 years? Well, our goals are going to continue to be the same, and that's to protect the water quality of Alaska Lake and its watershed. But we also realize, as I mentioned before, that the dairy is very important to the local economy, and we want it to be successful while protecting our watershed resources. Farmers don't want to lose their valuable soil and nutrients, so we believe we can work together so we can both accomplish our, our mutual goals. Uh, we want to continue to work with farms of all sizes. Dairies like Twin Birch and owners like Dirk can act as a model for other operations, and we hope to just continue these relationships and continue these studies. Well, I think that certainly is a positive for not only farmers in your area, but farmers that work with other organizations like your own throughout uh, this great country of ours. And thanks for those insights and comments. And Dirk, let's close with you about your operation, Twin Birch Dairy. What's your goals for the next five to 10 years? Well, one of the things for water and Wasco Lake watershed and and, and Skinny Atlas Lake watershed for that matter, because I work farm in three different watersheds, but I think we need to find a better answer on tile discharge. And we need to prove or put to bed or satisfy that tile systems are better than farming without tile systems. Uh, there's been some work done in this area, but there's still a lot of, I hear a lot of um, questions, I guess, as, as as we put tile in, people are wondering what we're doing and why we're doing it. And isn't that going to create more problems for the lake? When in fact, I believe, and I, there again, I don't have the science to prove this, but the tile system is better than having water running off the surface of the ground. So I think that's one of the goals. Personally, I look to work out of the farm in the next 10 years. I'm 65 now, so I'm not getting any younger. Well, again, I wish you well into the future, and thank you for what you've done for these first 65 years. Again, you have been listening to Dairy Stream. We've been focusing in on Twin Birch Dairy. Uh, They have won for outstanding dairy farm sustainability, and you can probably tell the reasons why from some of the answers that have been given to my questions over this podcast. So again, thanks to Dirk Young, owner of Twin Birch Dairy, and Peter Rogers, board member of Alaska Watershed Lake Association. I want to thank them for their answers and candid conversation. Thanks for listening. Again, we'll continue to focus in on issues important to you on the agricultural front, especially in the business of dairy. I'm Mike Austin. Thanks for listening to Dairy Stream. The Dairy Business Association and Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative would like to thank you for listening to Dairy Stream. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please subscribe and rate Dairy Stream. We value your feedback. And if there's something you'd like to hear, just email us 
podcast at dairyforward.com.